Thank you for listening to Invitation Church's podcast. Today's episode is titled, To Live as Christ, Part 2, by Darren Deese. Invitation Church is a church plant in Monroe, North Carolina. You can find out more information on our church at invitationchurch.online. Thank you for listening to our podcast, and we hope you have a blessed day. service was over, we applied that, that message in an incredible way to, for the Crutchfield family. And we did that, I believe, all in the sovereignty of God that he would have us be on that topic and then apply that. And it is my goal and my hope that this church will be a praying church, especially in this coming year. So Paul gave us an incredible act, not just... You know when you say you're praying for someone and, and you, you get busy with life and maybe you fire off a little prayer, God bless, I hope you bless them. Amen. Not that kind of praying. Not that kind of praying, y'all. Paul showed us something much more. And I encourage you to read back over the first part of Philippians chapter 1 to see how he hurt for them, how he yearned for them, how he felt for them, and how he prayed for them that they would be people and a church that they needed to be in their city, which was in Philippi. He also encouraged them to continue to serve God through, listen, and even during difficulties. Through and during the difficulties that come their way. He himself was in prison when he wrote the text and, and wrote many of, of the what we call the prison epistles. But we left off with Paul last week noting that uh, some people in, in his day and in his imprisonment, some people were preaching about Christ for selfish ambition, something that they wanted to accomplish. Others were preaching to afflict him while he was in prison, to make his stay even worse. And, and, but some were preaching uh, Christ out of goodwill and to further the gospel. And that's where we're going to pick up this morning in first, uh, well, in chapter 1 of Philippians, verse 18. And we just pick up with that thought. Some were preaching for good reasons, some not good reasons. And then Paul starts with a question. Verse 18. What then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed. And in that I rejoice. Yes, I will rejoice. For I know that through 
your prayers, there it is, and the help of the Holy Spirit, or the Spirit of Jesus Christ, this will turn out for my deliverance. As it is my eager expectation and hope that I will be able, that I will be, that I will not be at all ashamed, but that with full courage, now, as always, Christ will be honored in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. If I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me. Yet which I shall choose, I cannot tell. I am hard-pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and be with Christ, for that is far better. But to remain in the flesh is more necessary on your account. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy in the faith. So that in me you may have ample cause to glory in Christ Jesus because of my coming to you again. Only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So that whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit with one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel. And not frightening in anything by your opponents. Not frightened in anything by your opponents. This is a clear sign to them of their destruction, but of your salvation and that from God. For it has been granted to you that for the sake of Christ you shall not only believe in him, but also suffer for his sake. Engaged in the same conflict that you saw I had, and now hear that I still have. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for this great text, this great encouragement from the Apostle Paul, inspired by your Holy Spirit, Lord, that was written thousands of years ago to a church in Philippi, but can be applied to a church in Monroe, North Carolina, right now, today. Lord, it is my prayer that you take this text and the truths that we will look at and, and help us to grow, to serve you greater, and that we, too, can say, to live is Christ. Hide me behind your cross, dear Father. Help me to say only what you would have me say today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. First truth I want to share is it really is all about spreading the gospel. Did you hear that? It really is all about spreading the gospel. Paul here affirms, regardless of the intentions of people talking about Jesus, if it is for their own ambition or to get back at him, as long as Jesus is being preached, Paul will rejoice in it. And so should we. He realized that the gospel must go forward in his day as well as in ours. It must go forward. That is why we stress here just a simple thing. One simple way the gospel can go forward is pick up a track on that table and hand it out this week. I believe you all committed to doing at least one of those in a recent service, one per week. That's a simple way, but it's not the only way. There's many ways the gospel can go forward, and that's why we offer mission services, mission times at places like Elizabethan Gardens and, and the, the Harper Monroe projects that we're getting ready to really ramp up again this year. But Paul understood that, and, and, and may we understand it as well, 
regardless of all the challenges in our lives, the, the health issues, the difficulties, the problems around, for the Christian, if you are a Christian, the gospel must go forward. And you are the part of that. It is partly your job to take it to the next generation. And we live in a crooked and perverse generation. Now regardless of our current trial struggles, we need to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. If you find yourself in a hospital bed, guess what? There's people that come up to you in that bed. That's your platform. Use it. You find yourself at, at a work surrounded by unbelievers. That's your platform. Use it. You find yourself in the grocery store and someone's taking the Lord's name in vain. Perfect time to pull out one of those seeds and say, you may enjoy reading this. I'm serious. I'm serious. They're going to bust hell wide open. They may need that seed of the gospel. Be ready. Be prepared to share the gospel. You know, when you think about uh, different churches out there, you know, you think about a church, and many times you'll see a church, you'll see, and, and you kind of know a little bit about them, but, the, but there's thoughts that go through your mind about that church. Well, when people think of this church, here's some things that I want them to say about Invitation Church. They really spread the gospel. I mean, I see them doing it. I, I see them out in the community doing it. They spread the gospel. They really do love people. They really do love God's word. And maybe in, in, in wondering about us or thinking about us, maybe they'll, they'll wonder, wonder where they get their strength from to do all of this. Well, let's look at where Paul got his and make sure that's where we're drawing our strength from. Verse 19. And I know that through your prayers, there it is again, through your prayers and the help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. I love that wording there, the Spirit of Jesus Christ, which is, of course, the Holy Spirit. But it makes it even a little more personal to say the Spirit of Jesus Christ. This will turn out for my deliverance. Now, in Paul's situation, he was hoping for a release from prison. But in this hope, he uncovers where he was drawing his strength from. You catch that? You see that? Where, where was he getting his strength to endure his trial? The prayers of the saints and the help of the Holy Spirit. Don't miss that. Because if, if you're not getting your strength from prayers from a loving church and the help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, then your, your trial is going to be that much more difficult. It's, it's going to be hard to bear, maybe, maybe unbearable. But draw from those strengths. We need to be a church that prays for one another when we're going through things. We preached that last week. We saw it unfold as soon as the service was over. We did, but we need to continue to do that. There's still a lot going on in this church that needs our prayer. There's a lot of things coming that need our prayers, and we need to pray for one another, and we need the help of the Holy Spirit to get through this life. To, to send forth the gospel despite the challenges. I'm convinced that as we pray for one another and as the Spirit of Jesus Christ helps us, we can do the work that He has called us to do. Keeping the gospel at the forefront of that calling. As I mentioned last week, I believe God is calling us to be a true people of prayer this year. Praying for one another and praying for this church as we move forward with the work that he wants us to do in this community 
and beyond. And beyond. As far as I know right now, Zambia and India is the farthest reach that we have so far. But let's, let's do more for the gospel. Paul was praying for his deliverance, and I'm praying that we as individuals and as a church reach our full potential in the service of our Lord. But it can only happen as we pray for one another and draw strength from him, just as Paul did. Why does this even matter? Why should we even care about the gospel? Well, Paul answers that in the next text. He hoped to get released. But in verse 20, he says um, that all that matters is that Christ be honored either in his life or through his death. He understood it. Very few people throughout history have really come to understand that as a believer in Jesus Christ, it is our privilege and our... It's not even a duty. I don't like that word. It's, it's, it's our privilege... To spread the gospel. A few names that came to mind as I, as I thought about mighty men of God and, and women throughout history. Number one is one of my heroes, Jim Elliott, the missionary that went into the jungles of, of Ecuador and the Alca Indians. And was eventually killed by them. But through his life, so much changed. So many more missionaries hit the field because of him. So many more people were saved because of that ripple effect. Lottie Moon is another hero of the faith. Um, Amy Carmichael uh, and Elizabeth Elliot, uh, Hudson Taylor, uh, Billy Graham. And then if you want to uh, see some not as well-known names that you, you don't just know about. And, and, and by the way, I missed, I could, I could sit here for probably hours and name off names. But some that you probably have never heard of is pick up a copy of Fox's Book of Martyrs. You can probably get one for a couple of dollars now on, online or somewhere. And just, just read a few of those accounts of people that you've never heard their names, but they gave their life for the gospel. They would not surrender. They would not give up. They would not renounce Jesus Christ. And so they died at a stake in flames, but willing to go that far for the gospel. That is what we need in the society that we're living in today. Men and women that will stand up for the gospel of Jesus Christ. We have to. It's our privilege. And we will one day stand before Jesus Christ. And give an account for what we have done since salvation. Paul follows that statement in verse 21. With, for me to live is Christ. Pause right there for a second. Listen. For me to live is Christ. Christ. It's my prayer that we just take a moment, just right here, and, and say that to ourselves. Can that be our statement about us? For me, say it to yourself. Close your eyes for just a second. Say it with me. For me to live is Christ. Say it again. For me to live is Christ. If y'all don't hear anything else, if you can just get that and take that in, for me to live is Christ. Okay, so what does that mean? Flesh it out. What does that mean? It means everything that you do re re revolves around the gospel. 
Paul gave us an incredible example to follow. I think the reason I love his ministry so much is because Paul was the worst. He even calls himself the chief sinners before Jesus. He was the worst of the worst. And he became arguably the greatest disciple ever. You could argue that point. From the worst of the worst to the greatest human possibly this walk, this, this planet other than Jesus Christ. But certainly one of the top ten. No doubt he would be in the top ten of, of the humans that have walked this planet. And he, once he met Jesus on the road to Damascus, his life, his energy, his time was spent spreading gospel. If just one of us would get that in this room, just one, this whole, you could, you could change the whole world. Do we, do we understand that? Do we understand the power of me? Paul went from persecuting the church to seeing Christians locked up and placed in jail and even executed. He, by the way, was holding the coats while Stephen was stoned to death. The first martyr of the church. He went from that to being a man that has given us so much inspired by the Holy Spirit, so much to follow that we're still talking about his writing, his inspired writings thousands of years before it. But we have to all ask ourselves, what does that mean to live as Christ? To live is Christ. For Paul, it meant, verse 22, if I am to live in the flesh, in other words, if I get up and I'm breathing, my heart's beating in the morning. If I'm to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me. So if he's alive, he's going to be producing fruit for Christ. And then um, we get to, yet which I shall choose, I cannot tell. So, so as long as he's alive, it was his goal and his desire to produce fruitful labor for Jesus, for Jesus Christ. For the gospel. And we know that we know that only Jesus was perfect, right? But, but certainly the Apostle Paul produced a lot of fruit for the gospel in his life. And so should we. And Paul did wrestle with this statement to live as Christ and to die as gain. Um, by the way, uh, how is any type of death a gain for anyone? Well, for Paul, he knew that if he died... Or was executed, which was a legitimate concern for him, especially where he was. For his, if he was executed for his faith, he would be in the presence of Jesus Christ in that moment, directly after he would be executed. But he was convinced that God would allow him to live and to come to be with these Philippians to help them to grow and to see their progress that they were making in, in their walks with God. He was, he was convinced of that. But he had such a good balance here. Basically, if God gave him another day, if we put it into simple terms, if God gave him another day, he would work to spread the gospel a little farther. He would encourage one of the churches a little more, strengthening them. He would help one more person come to Jesus Christ. But if he lost his very life in service to the Lord, he would be in the presence of the Lord, which he admits would be far better for him for the Christian, do y'all realize when you close your eyes in death on this life, you open it to unbelievable, undescribable 
unimaginable. There's not enough adjectives here of what awaits the Christian. Your true life begins when you close your eyes on this side of life for the Christian. That is something we can hold on to, we can hang on to, we can, we can live in, and it should fuel our desire to spread the gospel just as he did in his lifetime. So, the second truth I want to share is how to live for Christ. That was the next thing he transitions over into giving them how do you do this? How do you pull it off? How do you live as Christ? And let me, let me say this too. Paul's also the guy that said, the things I want to do, I don't do. And the things I, I do, y'all know what I'm saying. I struggle with. He ought, the same guy struggle, right? He's, so don't, don't feel like it's, it's like you can never mess up. Don't, don't, don't get that from this message. We're going to mess up at times. That's, that's the whole reason we need Jesus. But he's giving these guys an example of how to live for Christ. No, I'm not even trying. Okay. How, how to live for Christ, all right? Uh, verse 27. Only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ. Let that one sink in. Only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ. So that whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit with one mind striving side by side for the faith of the gospel and not frightening, frightened in anything by your opponents. We've got a lot of opponents these days. This is a clear sign to them of their destruction but of your salvation and that from God. For it has been granted to you that for the sake of Christ you should not only believe in him but also suffer for his sake. Engaged in the same conflict that you saw I had and now hear that I still have. So how do we live as Christ? Paul encourages them with four brief statements. Number one, let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ. Now I went over to the King James to, to read that, that, that verse. And it says, only let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of of Christ. There is so much. We, if we, did, we could camp out right there for, for a long time because there is so much packed into that statement. And, and sometimes I like to kind of turn statements around to help better understand them. But the opposite of this is live in a way that is not worthy of the gospel of Christ. That would be kind of the opposite. So then you think about... Uh, are there areas in, in your life that you are living right now, things you're experiencing right now that are not worthy of the gospel? The good news is change it. You're still breathing. You're still hope. If there's areas in your life that are not worthy of the gospel, change them. Hey, we work with the Holy Spirit in sanctification and in being conformed to the image of Christ. You don't have to stay in that place. If, if the Holy Spirit, I have no idea. I can't see into your hearts. I can't see into your lives. I don't know all the details. But the Holy Spirit is convicting you of an area where you're not living worthy of the gospel. Change it. It's really that simple. You have the choice to change it or you have the choice to continue wallowing in it. May you not continue to wallow in it. Jesus has already paid the price for the sin. But we don't have to stay there. Just change it. 
The Holy Spirit will help you if you truly want to change. The problem is some people don't really want to change. They, they like to cozy up the sin and just kind of stay there and just kind of dabble in it. Don't do that. Change. Be sanctified. So you could say it like this. Your manner of living, how you conduct yourself, the conversations that you have with others should reflect that you know and love Jesus Christ. Did y'all hear that? What you talk about. People you hang out with. Conversations that you, you have. The way you act. Should all reflect that you're part of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You love Him and you want to share Him. Just applying that one statement to our lives, it'll actually affect everything we say and do. Now Paul is a tough act to follow, I'll give you that. But he's a good one to try to follow. Once he was saved on that road to Damascus, his entire life changed. It revolved from that point on around spreading the gospel and teaching God's word and encouraging others. What an example to follow. The second statement, which is really, it's really a couple statements built together, but it's directed kind of more towards the church as a whole. But standing firm in one spirit and having one mind, striving side by side, by faith, for the gospel. We need the Holy Spirit to lead us into all that we do, and we need to stand firm on the teachings of God's Word. There is so much to stand firm on these days in our world as we, as we look around and see, as Christians, the way we, we live our lives should reflect that we are Christ followers in this society that we find ourselves in. And it is getting harder and harder to do that as, as our, our world seems to... Um, well, they're, getting, they're rebelling against God's Word. It's what is happening in and around us. And when you rebel against God's Word... Or just accept what others who have rebelled are saying. You get into a difficult position. If you're, if you're a Christian and you're kind of trying to entertain and go along with what's being said in society. But it, it goes against God's word. You're putting yourself in a position. You're setting yourself up for failure. Or to lead a very weak Christian life. And there are so many topics I could name, I could name them off. I'm not going to dig into all of them. I am going to touch on one today that is intensifying, and that is abortion. I need to say this as a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Life begins at conception. Period. That's where it begins. That's what God ordained, and that's what it does. And if you're on the other side of that issue, then... All I can do is pray for you. But I do pray for you. I don't wish bad things upon you. But if you're on the wrong side of that, then you will one day find yourself face to face with the wrath of God. I do not want that for anybody. It doesn't matter my position, your position. I don't want anyone to face the wrath of God without the covering of Jesus Christ. It's not going to be a good day. Not going to be a good day. 
So search your heart if you're on the other side of that. But life begins at conception. There are other things in our land, and I'm not going to get... Uh, I'm not going to get political today. Uh, I, don't, I believe God ordains our leaders. The, the political uh, that I want to say is we need to pray for our leaders. We need to pray for those that are setting laws that we have to follow. That's what we need to do as a church. And we need to act like Christians. Even when we disagree on topics, we can lovingly disagree and, and pray for those that are on the other side of the fence because they need Jesus, then we can live our lives uh, that in a way that reflects that we love Jesus and, and love his gospel. Number three, don't be frightened by your opponents. I love that. Don't be frightened by those that are on the other side. The Bible is, is the greatest commentary on itself. And Matthew, I'll let the Bible speak for this. Matthew 10, verse 28. I'll just read it for you. I don't have it on the screen. And this is speaking to Christians. And fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. So for the Christian, aim to please God, not man, realizing that there is a day coming when those who are on the wrong side of God's word and his teaching will ultimately pay the price of rebelling against a holy God. And I say that not to say they're going to get what they deserve. I don't, I don't, that's, that's the wrong mindset. We need to pray for them. We need to pray for them. We need to pray for these issues. We need to pray for the unborn child. He can't defend himself. It just needs a chance to know what What if we would, uh, instead of all of this talk about abortion, what if we would connect people that are looking for a child to raise with someone that's wanting to give one up? Why, why don't we spend all of our energy connecting those, those, those couples and nurturing? This, person, this couple wants a child. Okay, you don't. Okay, well, let's get together. Let's, let's make this a, a good thing, not a horrible thing. The judgment of God throughout history has really came, come crashing down on nations that do this. Read your, read your Bible, and you'll see it time and time again. Child sacrifice, that stirs God up. And this nation is getting farther and farther on that side of its coming the day to where God's hand is going to come down. In that time frame, though, is where we're functioning. And that's where we have our opportunity to impact this world, to impact our family, to impact our co-workers, to impact those around us with the gospel of Jesus Christ before that day comes. Number four, and I, I, I would imagine that many pastors would, would skip over this one because it's not comfortable. Finally, don't be surprised by the sufferings that you will endure for Christ. Suffering is not a hot topic. Not writing a lot of books on how to suffer, are they? But as a Christian, I believe if you live long enough, there will be suffering. There will be the sufferings of Christ that will come into your life. It could be through a, a lot of different ways. We won't go into those, but 
Paul himself, as he's writing this text, he's in prison, and yet he's being an encourager. He's concerned about others while he's going through his battle. And y'all, the battle is real. Satan is in the world to kill, steal, and destroy, and take as many down with him as he can. He already knows he's going to lose. But in, in, his, in his evilness, he just wants to bring as many down with him as possible. God has given us his word to follow and to live by. We seem to be in a society that is drifting farther and farther away from his word, but that's okay. These original hearers now, the original people that read this Philippians text for the first time, were seeing a man, mighty Christian, in Paul. They were seeing him locked up for his faith. The persecution was already there. It was much harder than what we're experiencing right now in this in our setting. So it's even it should be, it should be even easier for us to spread the gospel in the environment that we still have here before it gets too too much worse. Or maybe by some miracle we will have a, re, a turning in this nation. A, a, a time of revival. And that's another thing we can pray for. It's not written in stone. Yes, the general trend is going toward Revelation where everything's going to break loose and it's going to be a mess. But there were, there were chances and there's possibilities that, that, that we could turn back. And any time a people will turn back to God, whether as a nation or individually, God will honor that and will bless that. And, can, and it, can, it can be a time of, of refreshing and renewal. In closing today, this has been some amazing encouragement from the inspired writings of the Apostle Paul, God's Word. I hope you've been challenged to see your life as Paul saw his. To live as Christ. None of us are perfect, that is why we need Jesus. But may we live for Christ while we have breath in our bodies. Live in a manner that shows that you are a believer in Jesus Christ. Talk in a way that reveals that you are a believer in Him. Saying like Paul did, if I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me. From raising our children to know, to know Jesus, to serving Him in various activities that, that we have, in various ministries that we, that we partner with. And when our day comes to leave this physical life, may we be comforted by the statement to die is gain for the Christian. Finally, may we be truly a people of prayer this year, lifting up many of our own who are struggling with so many things, health issues, praying for them, just as we saw uh, in the text from last week. And also that we would be a people of action, spreading the gospel any way we can with at least one track a week, if nothing else. At least one track a week going out from this table. What's that commercial from Doritos? You can't just eat one. You can't just pass out one. Once you start and, and, and you pass out one, I'll replace it. We will replace it with 10 more. You pass those 10 out, we'll replace it with 20 more. You can't out pass out those tracks. Have I mentioned that lately? Take one with you today. To live 
is Christ. And to die is gain for the Christian. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the incredible encouragement and even the challenges in your word today. God, I pray that you will take this message, Lord, and use it for your glory, for the upbuilding of your kingdom, for the, the changing of your people, to help us, Lord, where we're not living lives that reflect the gospel, that we will just change, God, and, and, and be better. And ask for forgiveness if we need forgiveness to move forward and spread your gospel of your Son, Jesus Christ, for what he did for the world. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.